<laughs> All right, so how's everybody today? Lou, I'm gonna give you this. Fabulous. So hopefully everybody's fabulous with Z Pora. Right? Right? You fabulous? Huh? Yeah, you. Okay. Well, fabulous is probably not what you want to use as a guy. We can just say you're great. How about that? That's better. Yeah. We'll leave the fabulous for the ladies back there, okay? All right, let's, uh, we got a, a, a new message for this wonderful Wednesday night. Um, and we're going to talk about liberty today. Um, and and so, so probably the last time we taught on this was probably four years ago, like 2019, I believe. And um, so what happens is since how we flow is everybody's not always here. Sometimes people are different. Sometimes people in the building, Trina, but they ain't here. Not because they're evil. It's just, you know, you got a lot of stuff going on in your life. Uh, sometimes we're at different levels of maturity. You know, we could receive better. Sometimes, Jeanette, we operate like that's for them, you know, and then, you know, <laughs> like it's not for us. Uh, but do we go through different levels, and then sometimes we really got all of what we needed in that season. Uh, but there's the guy wants to peel off another layer, you know. Um, we, you know, uh, I have, I, when I first learned this, uh, I actually taught a message in Ohio, Supernatural Life of Liberty. And our vision that year was, uh, uh, what was it? The vision might have been, I don't know, it was Liberty, whatever it was. I know that a part of the vision, God said, this year, Keith, I want you to take back your choices. Now, the interesting thing is, I thought I'd just threw that in there just as a little example. So I'm going to repeat it. God told me back then, me, Asia, this year I want you to take back your choices. So I'm going to say it a third time. God said, I want you to take back your choices. Right? And I was like, take back my choices, Lord. Wait, wait. He said, you make a lot of choices in consideration of others. And even worse, you make a lot of choices not considering me. Right? You got me? Right? And so, so sometimes it's subtle. So when I first taught, I taught it at the church and got good feedback. You know, you teach a message, get good feedback. You're like, I, I did what God wanted. Right? And so, and plus, I got this revelation of liberty. Woo! You know, I'm feeling good. Right? But then I didn't know there was layers. It was layers. I didn't realize how bound I was. I didn't think I was bound at all because I'm living for Jesus. I'm the type of person that, would, you know, would tell people the truth and love, you know. You know, little, little, not super radical, but, you know, I've kind of, the edges have been calmed down somewhat. Some people may beg to differ. Uh, but I, I really, you know, you know, my wife wasn't, like, really pulling me to the side saying, babe, man. Maybe a little bit too strong. So I thought I was doing a lot better. Um, and then peel off a layer is another layer. Peel off a layer. And I didn't realize how much I was uh, uh, subconsciously trying to please folk. Right? Right? So I, I'm not talking, there's nothing wrong with serving folk, but I wasn't just serving. Like, I really was, uh, <laughs> that was cute. Uh, <laughs> I was really trying to please folk. Right? All right, so we're going to see what God's opening up for us. So, because liberty came up, I don't know, it was Bible study fellowship. It, it didn't, nobody tried to mention it, but I picked it up. Then uh, later that week, it came up again. Then the Lord said, 
Are you paying attention? I need you to teach on liberty. So I changed from um, uh, in consideration of the whole, which is still coming to a church near you uh, real soon, to liberty. So we're going to talk about liberty loosed from bondage. Liberty loosed from bondage, okay? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10. For a long time, uh, I don't know when or why I changed it. Maybe because I changed phones. But maybe it was on the, the Columbus phone. Uh, that was my message. If you would call me, I, I was, uh, the message would end up with walking liberty. <laughs> and when I was talking to the players, I would, uh, we're going to get to that scripture, not right away. I would, uh, I was encouraging them. Actually, I was talking to uh the particular individual that I encourage, you know, I was like, hey, it's all about emptying out and walking in liberty. So I know uh, there's a particular player that, that wrote the, the, the scripture for liberty on their cleats just to remind them uh, to walk in liberty when they were out there uh, trying to glorify God in the platform of football. All right, so 1 Corinthians 10, we talked about this the other day, but First uh, Corinthians ten thirteen, Trina brought this up. That's why I love Bible study fellowship. Such a wonderful reference, you know what I'm saying? Like we we look, we're having a conversation about something that happened this week, and it was scripture. <laughs> Trina brought up something, you know, not the sale at the mall, but she brought up First Corinthians ten thirteen. It says, "There has no temptation taken you." Interesting. It said, "Temptation can take you." <laughs> Right? Taking you, it says, uh, but such as is common to man. So most of the temptations that are trying that we go through, they're common. You know, they're, uh, you probably can find somebody else has probably been tempted in the same way. Since the devil's playbook is pretty consistent. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Right? And then it says, but, right, on the other side of the colon, it says, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, right? It says, but, but with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear. With the temptation also that you may make a way of escape that you may be able to bear. So again, these temptations or these tests and trials can take us or trap us, right? But God is faithful. One, he won't, if, if, if we allow him, because he doesn't want us to suffer beyond our capabilities, beyond what's going to help our character. He doesn't want to destroy us, but he may allow it to purge something out of us. Remember Job, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon him, so he allowed it to get the fear out, right? And so, so sometimes we can be bound or trapped. We could be stuck in a test because sometimes we say to ourselves, why is this happening to me like it shouldn't? Two, we go, uh, how did I let this happen to me? Like, we could have stopped it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so we could stay stuck because there's something about, and, I, and, I, and um, uh, I'm going to reference Trina again because Trina made me think about it. Uh, Trina was just referencing um, uh, just being a parent, like raising children the other day. And so when she said it, I really started thinking about like, so, and, and we were talking about tests, the different things children go through. But sometimes you get, as a parent, you'd be like, 
Okay, what did I do? Why is my child going through this, right? Not knowing that they have to go through their process. Actually, uh, you remember this, I had this conversation with my son, uh, and I, forget, I think he was about 28 or whatever, somewhere in that pocket. And I said, uh, I said, Mondale, I ain't worried about you. I said, because I'm praying for you. And I said, I said, you're going through your process. And I said, I, I completely shifted. I got it, like really got it at 28. I don't know what's happening with the 28. Maybe it's the 2 and 8, 10, full circle. I don't know. But I've talked to a lot of people, our ministers do something around that pocket. Something happened. So I really got it, you know. Uh, I'm playing where she don't have her glasses on. It's easy. <laughs> so, so, so I really got it. And what I told him, I said, when I was 28, I, I changed my life completely. I just cut my losses. Like, I didn't hold on to my popularity. I didn't hold on to uh, what I had built career-wise. I was, you know, I started building in career. I just got with the Lord. The Lord told me what to do. I'm, I said, I'm going to be obedient. And I just cut my losses, okay? Cut my mistakes, cut my caught up and keeping up. I wasn't even really playing off of, and I had built what I believed at that particular time. I had kind of got through some things and had a pretty good reputation basketball-wise. That's around then, this is all I was doing was basketball. And I didn't even care about that, right? And so I told my son, I'm sitting here as a, at the time I was talking to him as a man of God living for God. Who's to determine what your process needs to be for you to get it? I said, so I'm praying for you. I'm not worried about it, right? See, see again, again, uh, Pastor Mel said this the other day. She said, I don't know if I would change anything, she said, in her life because I wouldn't be who I am. And if, if, if she had to go through what she went through to be who she is, then I'm okay with it because I love who she is, right? So, so I'm saying that to say because there's things that we go through that are, there are a process to go through, not a place to live in. And then sometimes we stay so long, now we start to get callous there and we get bound. But God always has a way of escape that you'll be able to get through it, bear it, and benefit from it, right? There's always a way of escape, right? There's a, there, there's a, there's a way to be set free, but God's way sets you free benefiting from what you went through. Our way, we may break out, but we may not get the benefit. We may carry the same thing that we were trying to get, get that God was trying to purge out of our system, we'll carry it into the next situation. So then we got to go through tests again because we didn't pass the test. You know, we sat in class and we just got frustrated and we just broke out the room, but we never passed the test. So we didn't get the grade. We didn't elevate to the next level. We just had to come back, you know, when we can handle that part that we have to break through. You ever think about this? As, as, as Trina was talking, I was thinking like, well, how is parenting supposed to be? We instruct, we teach, 
we show by example and kids live a perfect life? No, no, hold on, no, no. Y'all say, uh-uh. But, but what are we really thinking? <laughs> Kalina, thank you for being honest. We want that, right? But even as we grow, how are we thinking our life's supposed to be? Right? Seamless, right? So if there's any interruption, if there anything happened, we go through a panic like, okay, what's wrong? Oh, my God, oh, my God. Who says anything has to be wrong? Could it be that you were birthed for such a time as this? Could it be? Could it be? Could it be? Could it be? That's a, that's a song. I, just, I got music all in my head. Right. That's, that, that's, see, my wife knows because, you know, that's my part. It's a song. Matter of fact, we need to figure out a way to pull that out. The best for last. That's a choir song. Could it be? Could it be? Could it be? Doubts have come, some have stayed. All right, anyway. All right, I love that song. That's Marvin Winers, all right? And the per- Perfected Praise Mass Choir, I think that's the name of it, all right? It's a phenomenal song. Mm, that fits. Hey, when you well, find that, so we could, at the end, we need to play that, right? That'll fit. All right, so, so, so there's a way of escape, meaning that there's a path to freedom or liberty, Right? When you're going through tests. There's a way of escape or there's a path, path to freedom or liberty. And see, what happens is the reason why we're going, some things we're going through uh, could be based on choices, that and the other. But some things we're going through because we've been uh, born into this world of sin. So limits are what was injected into the world when Adam and Eve sinned. So th- th- these limits, these restrictions and these boundaries. Um, it's a result, these, these, these things that bind us or restrict us is a result of separation from God. El Shaddai, the multi-breasted one. That means whatever comes up, you got an option, right? Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Whatever comes up, there's provision for it. So, so once we got separated, now we're navigating on based on what we can see and what we have. And that's, that's, that creates boundaries. So this liberty is facilitated by us reuniting or embracing or accepting Christ. That's why the scripture said you are verily, verily, it's always that sense of urgency, you must be born again. You know, uh, you must be born of water and of the spirit, right, to see what? The kingdom of God, to enter what? The kingdom of God. So if I see the kingdom of God, I see beyond the bound, the things that's binding me, right? If I can see, because see, what, what's binding me is what's restricting me is based on what I can see is the limits, right? But I got to see beyond the limits to actually take some steps or to believe again, right? And so when I can see the kingdom of God and, or when I can enter into the realm of God, I, get, I leave out of limits or the matrix. I leave out of the limits or the boundaries of, and I cross over into this unlimited life, right? But I can't see the unlimited life if I'm still bound by this, this, this worldly or this natural life. You see what I'm saying? So I got to be born again. The scripture says uh, uh, I have to be crucified with Christ. So I have to bury myself in the limitless one so now I can operate in liberty, right? right? I, have to, I have to submerge myself in Christ. Outside of Christ, I'm going to be tempted to uh, my fears, 
my circumstances, my mistakes, I'm going to be tempted to magnify them. All the, the laws or the fixed principles of the, of the, of the world, uh, all the you can't do that, no one's done this, why are you trying to do that? All those things can shrink my faith, right? But, but when I'm born again, uh, or when I submerge myself in Christ, I move different. Now, now, now look, look at, this is, this is why we have to, I was talking to my wife today, and, I, and we were talking about uh, just the value of communion, like to really commune with Christ, with, with God. And I was saying you have, you know, as, as you grow, you have different people that are operating or growing in um, different levels of ministry in the kingdom, right? So you got some people that are, I was talking about, there's, there's some dynamic voices. You know, some of us, uh, uh, we're only attracted to performance. So we, we, we're, as long as something is dynamic or performing or entertaining, we go, oh, you know, I love such and such. But, but really, it's, it's no different than a motivational speaker or a comedian, right? You love the theatrics, but it doesn't mean that it's going to break through to what's binding you. See, I'm, I'm trying to get free, Trina. I'm not just trying to feel good. I'm not, I, I don't want nobody to soothe me in my, in my shackles, right? Excuse me. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, what's it, take the shackles off my feet, <laughs> right? I'm trying to get the shackles off, right? And so, so let's go here to Galatians 5, All right? We're going to walk through the scriptures. Now, I, in, in, a, in a ministry school, Gospel Lighthouse School of Ministry, I went to two schools, but when I went there, uh, one of my professors told us that we had to write a paper based on a book of the Bible. And so I was in this pocket where I was really learning about liberty, but I picked the book of Galatians because of Galatians 4, 1 and 2. So I was like, oh, good, I'm going to talk about errors. But when I went and I, and I studied out the book of Galatians, the whole book is about liberty. The whole book is about liberty. The entire book of Galatians. So I did my paper on the book of Galatians. And, and when I went in, I was like, man, all this time I thought I was going in, you know, you know, because, you know, we're going to talk about errors and stuff like that. And, and, and I was like, wow, this book is not what I thought it was about. It was about liberty. And it was so interesting. It really hit me. I was like, wow, God, you something else. So you gave me the revelation and then showed me the book, right? So we're going to reference some things in Galatians. We just referenced Galatians 2.20, right? Right? And now we're going to go to Galatians 5. We're going to dance back and forth. We're going to hit Galatians 4. Yes, but, but we're not going to hit it just yet. So Galatians 5, which is after Galatians 4, obviously, it says this, uh, verse 1, Galatians 5, verse 1. It says, stand fast, right, therefore in the liberty wherein Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the, with the yoke of bondage, Right? So we have to stand fast in the liberty which Christ has made us free. The message says it this way. Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. Now, it's so interesting is how we, we, we process when we hear stuff like that. Because some of us, some of us uh, turn it into, I'm doing me. That's not what I said. 
It says, stand fast in the liberty which Christ has made you free. And this is Galatians 5. Galatians 2 says, be crucified with Christ. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but it's not I that live. What? It's Christ who's living. So, so the life that I now live is Christ that, that's, 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 move, that's helping me to move. So I'm, 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 I'm living in the liberty of Christ, not in the liberty of self. Right? Does that make sense? All right. So just make sure we, we connect in the dots so people just are walking around here and doing things outside of God. And going, well, you, know, you said liberty. You said liberty. My heading for that chapter is the privileges of Christian liberty. That's my heading for Galatians 5. We'll be excited when we get to that, right? Heading, what's your heading? Right? <laughs> so, right? Galatians 5. All right. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians since we're talking about Christ and, and crucified with Christ and living in Christ and the, the liberty that Christ has afforded us. Let's talk about this because, again, we talked about we must be born again, right, to experience this thing. So 2 Corinthians 5, 17, this is a very familiar scripture here at our church. It says, therefore, if any man beware in Christ. And when you read that inside Christ, submerged in Christ, crucified in Christ, buried in Christ, right? Right? It says, Therefore, if any man be, if, oh, if any man be in Christ. So it means that everybody's not in Christ, right? It says he is, if any man be in Christ, he or he or she is a new creature, right? Now, that, that word new there is, is a superior creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now, the interesting thing, when it says a new creature, that word new is superior that word creature is a, cre a creation that has never existed before. So if any man be in Christ, he is a superior creation that has never existed before. Right? You got that? Right? So this liberty is the new creature operating in a new thing or a superior creation that has never existed before, right? And so this, how we operate is beyond expectations or beyond limits, right? We operate in liberty. See, see, it's very difficult for us just in the natural to just flow in liberty in general. We, 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 we're tempted to conform. We got momentum. Think about how do we all get in trouble? You know, the thing that we, we won't let go that we keep carrying around every time we, we move to a certain level that the devil keep bringing up? Oh, what'd you say? Old self, right? But the interest is, that's good. But, but you think about like how our natural person operates. You, uh, you move in, everything, you got momentum, right? Everything's going good. But the adversary try to bring up, oh, you think you're getting blessed? You remember what you did? Ain't nobody did that, even though there's no temptation taking you for such as common to man. He's going to tell you what you did was uncommon. So you're going to believe you was uncommon in a mistake, but you can't believe you could be uncommon in the liberty. Help me out now. What's going on here? Somebody playing with, with our mind, right? And so that's what he does. He tries to bring these things up because he doesn't want you operating in liberty, right? 
He wants you to uh, carry weight, right? Right? He wants you to carry weight on the inside and the outside, right? And so when we start to operate in this new creature, uh, we operate in this new level, this, this breaking barrier level. It, it liberates our life. It liberates our life because it's, sometimes it's hard to navigate even as Christians with family, with friends, in our jobs, because, again, we have these pop-ups in our heads and say, well, you can't do that and you can't say that. Right? You can't operate that way. Well, what is the family going to think? So we constantly we move, but we end up sliding back into the default of conformity. You ever, you ever see how, that, 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 how we operate? We, we move in, but we slide into conformity. You know, you just kind of slip into conformity. Like, and normally it's when after everything's going good, you, you, you had a great fast week, and then you, you tell yourself, hey, I deserve this conformity. Right? Now, it was nice. You know, I taught that one time, and I said, you tell yourself, I deserve this poison, right? But you just say, I deserve this conformity. But it's amazing how you can't visit conformity because it starts to, uh, it's, it's, you, know, you ever seen the movies where uh, uh, the police guy was getting the other guy, and he had him in the car, and so the guy went to leave, and he put handcuffs on him and cuffed him to the steering wheel? Well, it's, it's like that's what conformity does. Like, you, 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 just was, you just sat in the car just to say, hey, man, I just want to see how you was doing. Then you went to leave it. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're bound again, right? And then you, like, go through this spiral. Then you, you know, you feel bad. You come to the altar. You're not, you're not, you're not operating in liberty now. You're not free. You're, you're, you, you talk free on the outside, but you're bound on the inside, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Well, give me some amens now. I'm playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Just joking. I know as you start talking about stuff, people start to reflect like, yeah, yeah. Did you have to bring that up? I was doing pretty good. All right. So, 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 so this liberty and kind of, kind of helps us to navigate and not be restricted. Just like, you know, you have, uh, you have, it's almost like as if uh, uh, liberty helps me to fly all the time. Remember, you know, when we cross over into the millennial reign and, 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 you know, when Christ comes back, we'll have glorified bodies, you know, first, first Corinthians 15, right? Uh, we'll take on the celestial, right? It says, it says this corruption shall take on incorruption, right? So that's why you'd be having those dreams where you're flying around, right? Because you could just fly around. Well, when you're flying around in those dreams, guess what? You're not bound by gravity, right? You're, 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 you're operating in full liberty, right? See, the, reason, the only thing that's stopping us from defying gravity right now is this, <laughs> realistically, right? But if we really, come on. You see, y'all think I'm making this stuff up. It says Enoch was and he was not. So that means Enoch was bound by everything in this earth realm, but he got so deep in God, he walked right into the spirit realm. <laughs> he just walked right into the spirit. Uh, we were at a service in um, uh, Mansfield, Ohio, and this uh, guy was ministering, and he said he, uh, he was at the airport. He walked out. He was walking out of the, 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 the uh, restroom, took a step, and he ended up in another country. Translated, just like that. Got so deep in God, he ended up in another country. See, 
Some people are like, man, I don't believe that. But see, the only way you don't believe it is this. But you believe if you get a cut, it's going to heal. And I guess you think the doctors did it. No, it supernaturally took care of itself. They might have they stitched it together, but it wasn't a little men inside your arm. Just, you know, constantly, you know, rubbing it with oil, just making sure it, you know, make sure that skin stay, t- stay tight, you know. No, it, it, God designed it that way, right? All right, so stay with me, stay with me. So liberty, um, gravity is a fixed principle, right? It's a, it's like right now, that's why we're sitting around. It's a fixed principle. So we don't have to choose whether or not not to fly. We have to choose to fly. But if we do nothing, we're subject to gravity, right? We have to submit to gravity because it's a fixed principle, right? Now, liberty is not a fixed principle. It's a free principle. Liberty is not a fixed principle. It's a free principle. See, God's standard is that we are operating in our purchased freedom. That's God's standard, right? When we're, we're being obedient to God is that we operate in our purpose, our, our purchase freedom. We're operating in liberty. Now, see, what we don't understand sometimes is when we signed on to the kingdom, now we're operating on spiritual laws, not natural laws, right? That's why Jesus walked on water. That was a spiritual law overriding a natural law. See, liberty had him walking on water. See, if he was bound, there's no way he's walking on water. See, that's what happened in the process. Peter took a step and started operating liberty. Then he looked at the circumstances, and he was bound by the consideration of the natural laws. And he got sank. Then he spoke Jesus' name, Jesus, he grabbed them by the hand, and then they walked back into the boat. The whole walking of the boat, that's defying natural laws. Telling people to get up and walk, feed and fight. Listen, what we got? To, what we got? Uh, five fish and two loaves of bread. All right, that's enough. It defied natural law. See, Christ operating in liberty. Man, just, just keep handing stuff out. How many, how many, uh, go get... Borrow some cruises of oil and just pour the oil. In liberty, don't pour the oil in the natural. You're just going to have what you see. Pour it in liberty beyond the natural laws, right? Don't pour it bound. You got to pour it free. You just got to keep on pouring, right? Yeah, I know you see that in the Bible. There's somebody, uh, this, this happened in, uh, I've been around all these different men of God, and so this person was at a church, and it was, uh, they, was, they had a church event, and they were uh, selling pies for something. Well, they ran out of pies. Well, uh, the, the man of God that was there says, well, just keep serving them. So they kept serving pies even though they had ran out, and everybody got a pie. See, that's beyond natural law. That's supernatural. That's, that's somebody operating in liberty. See, see, we'll, 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 we'll get bound, like, oh, no, I don't know. We'll, we'll look at worst-case scenarios are, that's bondage. That's, I, see, we're tempted to look at the restrictions first as opposed to being obedient first. 
God tells us to do something, we'll go to, the, we'll look at our bank account first, as opposed to look at the word and be obedient to what God, I said if God tells us to do something, not if we want to do something and we invite God into it. That's different, right? I'm saying God tells us to do something. God, God ain't telling you to do something based on what you have. He's telling you to do something based on what he has. But you have to see beyond your limit. But some of us have never done anything that we can't control within the boundaries of limits. Right? So we, we, we're not free to operate in liberty. Right? Right? So remember, spiritual laws override natural laws. Let's look here at uh, James 1.25. Give you a couple of scriptures and then we'll get into some. Now, let's look at Galatians 4. Since we were just in Galatians 5, let's go to Galatians 4. I told you that's the liberty book. Somebody needs to do their own little study on that. I got to find my paper. All right. Uh, Galatians 4. I got an A on the paper, by the way. I just want to let y'all know. I did, get a, I did get an A on the paper. I did good, you know. Hey, I, I, I cheated. I did. Yeah. I used the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I was looking on his paper. <laughs> I wrote everything he wrote on his paper. Yeah, all up in the word, right? And <laughs> got an A. I got over. I said Galatians four. We'll start here at twenty-one, right? Uh, it says this. It says, "Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, under bondage, do you not hear the law, the law?" It says, "For it is written that Abraham had two sons." The one by a bondmaid and the other by a free woman, right? Two sides to the coin, right? So we have Abraham and Isaac, right? Interesting. Isaac just showed up. See? Perfect timing for your scriptures. <laughs> right? See how it works? It says, well, he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. So when we're in the flesh, we're going to be operating limits, right? It says, well, he of the free woman was by promise, it says, which things are an allegory for these are two covenants. Uh, so what it's saying is even though we're talking about the, the bond woman and the, and, and, the, and the free woman, it's an allegory because it's explaining an, a natural, an actual act, but it's also explaining a supernatural revelation, right? It says, which things are an allegory for these are two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which engendereth to bondage, which is Hagar, right? So, so all the, the different laws that were set out, those were uh, things that would facilitate uh, bondage. For this, uh, a, uh, it says Agar, but Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and answers to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. So it's saying even though those two, those two kids were representing the life we now live, we're not supposed to be bound as, as, as uh, when they were trying to lean on Hagar and Ishmael, we should be free, and that was the, uh, what Isaac represented. Did you get that, Isaac? All right, good. And freedom just walked in the door. See, we talk about liberty, just walked in the door. 
right? It says, uh, it says but, but Jerusalem, which is, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, rejoice thou barren that beareth not, right? Barren beareth not, restricted from birth. So a lot of times when we're operating in bondage, we're restricted from birth. We're barren. We ain't producing nothing. I was just telling my wife, you know, we, we, we've been processing through a lot lately, you know, uh, talking back and forth to different, you know, uh, with the uh, transition of my, my nephew, uh, the different, we got a couple weddings coming up this month. We got, uh, we got the funeral we got to do. Uh, there, there's some other things behind the scenes. There's, there's things we're doing here that's cost. Um, there's things that projects we're trying to do that I'm behind on. Um, so there's a lot, like, like, there's a lot that we're processing through. We still got to, you know, um, uh, love on each other and love on the family, right? So, but I was telling, I said, when God, God, God is wonderful. He sends us these blessings and they're, I said, those are wonderful interruptions. You know, I was telling her, this is why I was driving. You know, just send a blessing yesterday. <laughs> it's a wonderful interruption, right? And, and I said, you know, so, so again, the, all these situations try to bind you up, but God always wants us to be free. So he tries to send us some, some, some things to release us to, so we're operating in freedom, right? It says, for it is written, rejoice thou barren, and bear not. Break forth and cry that travail not. Break forth, break out of the bondage, Right? It says, it, it, like, like, it, it says, cry, scream out of the bondage. It says, thou that uh, travail not. For the desolate has many more children than she which has a husband. It's saying the person that's without has a lot more to birth than those that look like they're in a better position, right? It says, now, it says, now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise, it says, but as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, right? It says, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of a free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of, of the bondwoman, but of the free. So our inheritance is to be free, not to be bound, not to be so, so restricted. Then it goes on the next verse, really, it's because this was not originally written uh, with chapter and verse. It says, stand, fa stand fast, therefore, in the liberty where Christ has made us free and be not entangled again to the yoke of bondage, right? So you, you got me so far. It says, so what will please God more than getting the maximum out of his design? One thing I always encourage players, and, and this is anybody, to empty out. That's where I got the phrase from. So I was counseling players. You know, some of y'all are going to see this, and you, it'll remind you. I always say, because I, I remember talking to one gentleman, this is where it came from. And, you know, I was playing against him for a while. You know, we would talk. Uh, as he was going through stuff uh, in his life, he had lost someone real close to him. And so we was playing in this pro-am uh, basketball. Uh, this was uh, in um, the state we just moved from. And so when I pulled him to the side, I, I, I really wanted to minister to him because I used to watch him. And I was like, this guy's much better than he realized. Like, this guy is much better than all these people out here. 
And so when I pulled him to the side, I said, now, how do I get him to see this without him taking it like I'm putting him down or getting defensive? Because, you know, we weren't hanging yet, you know. I mean, we're real close now. And so what I said was, I said, you ever leave the court? Remember, you know me, I'm good. I, I just was just throwing stuff out there like a buffet. I said, I, not me, the Holy Spirit. I said, you ever, you ever leave the court and, and like, feel like you left something on the court? Like, I could have scored more. I could have played better D. Like, and you go, you, like you left and you had 25, but you knew you could have had 50, you know. But you had maybe some mental lapses or, or you thought the person was better than they really was. You wish you'd have realized that earlier. <laughs> you would have been more aggressive, you know, whatever the case may be. He said, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah. I said, I said this is the thing. When you step out on the court, you got to empty out. I said, every time you're doing something, you can't, like, ever be reserved. You got to empty all of yourself. Present yourself as a living sacrifice, right? Right? Does that make sense? You got to empty out, right? You got to what? You got to empty out. See, see, this is what Pastor Mel was talking about um, when she was saying, like, uh, you were saying how it's amazing how people save sermons. What they saving it for? Yeah, I'm saving sermons, you know, so when I, when I, when I get my, my, my own platform, you know, they save their gifts, right? You're talking about the gifts too. They hold on to their gifts. Now, I'm going to keep this gift for, you know, for my business or my ministry or what I do. Are, are we serious? The best of us is just a seed. <laughs> like, we, 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 you holding on for what? You're supposed to get a, the Bible says when you come forth giving precious seed, Right? almost in travail, like, this is so precious to me. He said, you, you, you end up uh, reaping, like, tremendously. But we, you know, I remember uh, the first major revelation I got, I taught it here, it's coming back. I taught on heaven and earth. Like, I've exhausted everything possible on heaven and earth. And I taught that, that but I held on to it for a while. Like, if I had an opportunity to share, I wasn't going to share that because I didn't want nobody else to get it, you know, um, and go share it with a, a better platform. So I'm going to keep it to myself to when I get a big platform. Woo-wee! And somebody came to the church and taught the message. Taught the message. Like, broke it down. With some more stuff that I ain't even know. Uh, actually, it was Bill Winston. Came to the church and taught on how. I was sitting there going. But, that, well, Lord, that's, that's my little special revelation. He said, I didn't give it that to you for you. I gave it to you to give to whoever you walked across that day. I don't care if it was one person uh, at the mall. Right? Freely I gave it to you. Freely you should give it. All right? You got me so far? All right. Let's see what's happening. What else we got to unpack here, right? So why wouldn't God, why would, uh, what would please God more than getting the maximum out of his design? All right, for, uh, uh, James chapter 1, I got to speed it up a little bit here. But James chapter 1 says, verse 25, it says, but, who's, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. So liberty is a law, but it's, 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 a, it's a, a law of freedom. Um, it says, whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty or the revealed counsel of God, the free life, 
and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Now, this is uh, James chapter 1, verse 25, after he says, don't deceive yourself, from verse 19. Then he says, if you hear the word, not a doer, he says, you're like a person who beholds yourself in the mirror, forget what manner of man you were. So what it's saying is, you don't come before God, see freedom, and go back and be bound. <laughs> That's basically what it's saying, right? After he tells you that, he says, so what you hear, you got to do, right? When you, when you recognize you're breaking out, you got to stay out. You just can't go back in, right? You can't, you can't tighten up. You can't go back in. Uh, uh, James chapter 2, verse 12, you can write this down. It says, so speak, uh, so speak ye, and so do, as they shall be judged by the law of liberty. It says, so, so speak and do in harmony with liberty because God's judging us by the liberty he's afforded us. He's, see, see, Christ died to, to, to free us up, not for us to stay bound, right? The message says, talk and act like a person that is judged by the rule that sets us free. Right? You see that? Act like a person that is just. And this is what you do. Go into the uncertainty. We're probably going to get into this anyway. Uh, I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Go into the uncertainty with a mindset of freedom. <laughs> just go on in. You know, well, we, we, we only want to move with what we can control. And I'm going to tell you, uh, even as an as a, as a athlete, it's, it's amazing the best opportunities you have is when you let go. You just let go. But when, when everything is controlled and calculated, you never really experience some wonderful things. And, and, and that's, the, but the culture tries to bind you up, you know. Uh, remember they had uh, sent a scout to me and said, uh, uh, you don't take the game serious, so now I'm trying to be serious. But before then, I just walk around the court going, woo, woo. I just be, every day I just having fun, woo, you know. And then I like tricking people, you know, like you know, these three people trying to get me over here. But what I'm going to do is, is make them think I'm going this way, but I'm really coming back that way. I'll be back. And the guy used to say, how did you get in this spot? You know what I'm saying? I, he was like, this is the only place he can get. And we got this walled up. And then he would look up and I was right there. <laughs> right? And then for me, it was just fun. It was just like, woo! I'd just be having fun the whole time. Laughing. I used to be laughing the whole time. People used to get mad. But I wasn't laughing at them. I'm free. When my game started to change is when I started to take it too serious. I was bound. I wasn't having fun no more. Y'all still think I'm talking about basketball? Okay, all right, just making sure we're paying attention here. All right, let's go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, we're talking about liberty here, right? John chapter 8, and we're going to lock in here on verse 31. Liberty being loose from bondage. And hopefully as we get through this teaching, maybe in the next couple of weeks, I don't know if it's going to be a couple of weeks or... I don't know if this is the only week, because I'm being, I'm free, right? Um, that we'll start to empty out, like stop being bound. Like, uh, you know, some of us not having the conversation because we bound. Right? Some of us don't do anything unless we know in advance what we need to do. Because we don't want to risk, what you doing? <laughs> what? What was that? 
especially around here. You're like, I, I make sure the coast is clear before I make a move. But the Bible says, he that studies the wind shall not sow. Because the person who studies the wind is bound by all the conditions. Conditions are never favorable. That's why the Bible says, walk by faith and not by sight. We can say, walk by liberty and not by bondage. Not by the perceived limits. You see that? I just slipped that in there. Thank you, Holy Spirit. All right, so, so John chapter 8, verse 31. It says, uh, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. So his key word is they believed on him. So he wasn't just talking to just anybody, right? He says, if ye, if ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed. He said, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples. So if you don't continue my word, what? You are not my disciples. Okay, good. It says, look, now it says, and he adds a conjunction to say, for those that are continuing in my word and that are my disciples. It says, and ye shall know, be intimate with the truth, and the truth shall make you free, liberated. You shall be, know, be intimate with, not guess, not figure it out. No, when you know the truth, you move different. When you know who you are, you move different. When you know God's with you, you move different. See, but when you, when you don't continue in the Word, it doesn't cleanse you and flush you of all the other considerations besides God's Word. So you're not free. Because you're thinking, oh, this is just going to, this going, this is going to be terrible. This, this, is, this is never going to work out right. You know, I don't deserve. You're thinking about too much as opposed to just being obedient, stepping in what God told you to do, regardless of the circumstances. Right? All right, so, so verse 32 says, they answered him, we be Abraham's seed. Now, he's talking about, if you continue my word, we be Abraham's seed. And we're never in bondage to any man. How saith thou, you shall be made free. Jesus answered them, very verily, I send you, whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. So he says, you bound if you're in sin. He says, and the, and, and the servant abideth not in the, in, the, in the house forever, but the son abideth forever, right? He says, if, if the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed, right? He says, I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me because my word has no place in you, Right? I just added that. But it says, so what he's saying is, if, if I, remember we talked about I submerged myself in Christ, Christ is going to free me and I'll be free indeed, right? But if, I, if I'm still bound by what I believe I can control, what I believe I understand, what I believe I know, right, I'm never going to be free because it has to line up what I think I know, not what Christ knows, right? Does that make sense? If the, if the son, therefore, make you free, so are you free? That's why we said it's not about um, I'm going to do me. Are you free in you or are you free in Christ? Are you free in the son or are you free in yourself? Because if you're free in yourself, you're really bound. <laughs> right? If you're free in the son, you're truly free. Right? And, and, and this is the thing. When he frees us, Matthew 10, 8, I, I referenced it earlier, Freely it was given to us, so freely we should give. So if I'm free in him, I'm generous and I'm constantly giving what Christ has given me. If I'm free in self, I'm trying to protect what I believe is my freedom. 
So that's when you have people fighting. Ain't nobody trying to tell me what to do, this, that, and the other. No, 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 I don't have to fight for freedom. I'm free. All I got to do is be free. But if I find myself fighting for free, am I free in the sun or am I free in myself? Which is really bound. Right? I said, liberty has enemies. <laughs> see, see, I, see I, the Holy Spirit be doing this stuff. That's not it. What I just told you is not in my notes. That's the Holy Spirit. Venetia says, squiggly line. <laughs> you know how they have special emphasis on, like, Venetia's special. All right, so, so liberty has enemies, right? And they're subtle, right? And one of the enemies is unbelief. See, I, that, to be free, I got to believe, right? Right? right. Like, you, you, okay, so you're running back, you, you're in the game, and they give you the ball. Man, you really, uh, you don't have time to be calculating. That person's going to be on the bench. Yeah, that's why we always talk about quick recognition. So I got to recognize that hole and hit it. Now, sometimes I have to hit where the hole is supposed to be, expecting it to open up. I got to expect, so, so, so the play tells me, I know everybody don't play football, but there's a line. And the line there was to some people that blocks. And what they're supposed to do is open up a pathway for me to run for the touchdown, right? Now, my job is, the, the, the play is I run to where these two people are supposed to block. But the way they set it up, they're trying to trick the defense. So this guy that looks like he's supposed to block, he's going to block over here. This guy that's way over here, they think he's going to block over there. He's going to come around and run in front of me and lead me a pathway. So I'm going to, he's going to lead me a pathway. Lou, Lou, you my blocker. So this guy, so, so Lou's way over here to start out. I'm way over here. They ain't paying Lou no mind. They're playing, paying attention to this blocker. But this blocker right here is going to leave and go over here. Lou's going to come around. You come around. And when Lou comes around, I'm going to follow him like this. Then I'm going to push him to block this guy over. And I'm going to run down here to the touchdown. Right? So, so, but I'm trusting. So let's say when, when, when the line comes up, these guys stand up and I go, it look like they're going to stop this. They're going to stop everything. And Lou might not get there fast enough. So I run ahead of Lou. I get out ahead of Lou because I don't believe Lou's going to get there and help me. Well, you know, it just looks, because I see it look like it's an opening, and I go, well, it's an opening right there, and it seemed like, it just looked like I could make it all the way to the touchdown now. So I jump in there ahead of Lou, and what I didn't see was the person that was coming to plug up the hole, and they end up tackling me. But if I had waited on Lou, Lou comes around, God comes to plug up the hole, Lou takes him out. And I keep on going. See, but if I believe, <laughs> you said touch that. If I believe, I don't get out ahead of Lou. I don't get out ahead of God. By faith, what God told me to do, run there. Catch the ball, take a step. Now wait, Holy Spirit's going to block for you. Wait on the Holy Spirit. Don't get out ahead of him. Right? But I got to believe, right? Does it make sense? See, unbelief messes all this up. So let's go to 2 Corinthians 3. Does that make sense? I know everybody don't play football, but at least you know how you're supposed to wait on your blocker, right? You got that. So football season come up, you can sit around, act like you know stuff. 
actually, you know what made me uh, a decent passer? Some people would say a real good passer, but you got to, you know, let somebody else say that. Is I actually wanted to play football. And one of the things is, is that when I play football, I like running. So I just, I, I loved running. And, and I was fast. But I also like playing quarterback. I didn't have a strong arm, but I knew where to throw the ball. So when I became a basketball player, I'm a, a point guard, and it's the same thing. I was always accurate. But you know why I was accurate? I would throw where people were supposed to be. So it's hard for the defense to defend what I'm doing because I done threw the ball. And the defense don't see nobody over there. But I see where they're going. And, and, and you know, I played with this semi-pro team, and the coach would be like, you, I, you know, I, I, I see, like you're supposed to do this, but he's like, I noticed you throw that ball out there ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm supposed to throw it where he's going, not where he's at, because if I throw it where he's at, he's leaving there. If I throw it where he's at already, it's too late. Right? So I had to believe he's going to get to where he's supposed to go. Right? Y'all see that? Y'all think I'm talking about sports. Just stay with me here, right? See, so we, sometimes we have to take the step. This, the, the, the miracle is waiting on our step. It's waiting on our liberty, right? All right, so 2 Corinthians 3, we'll get to it now, verse 14, because we said unbelief is the enemy of liberty, right? So verse 14 says, uh, we talked about this the other day too. This is amazing. Uh, 14 says, but their minds were blinded for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which is, which veil is done away in Christ. It says, but even unto this day when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. When the focus is not on, you know, making sure I dot my eyes and cross my T's so I'm approved, excuse me. But focusing on the Lord. It says, now the Lord is that spirit. Listen, now the Lord is that spirit. Look at this. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Where the spirit of the Lord is what? There is liberty. It says, but we all with open uh, face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord, which is what? Liberty. So as we're constantly being changed into his image and his likeness, we're constantly being changed from bondage into liberty, right? Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, right? Where the Spirit, that's how you can tell when somebody is saturated in God because they operate in a liberty and a freedom, not bound, not overly calculated. Right? Right? Because God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. When you operate in liberty, it's beyond all the, the calculations and considerations somebody else may think. Beyond all the perfections. See, what's flawed in our life is actually uh, uh, valuable and, uh, and uh, or like, you know, they call vases sincere because of the, the cracks, the character in them. So they're, they're, they're of much value because of their cracks. You know, somebody plug in the cracks, they lose their value. They smoothed it over to make it look perfect, they lose their value. 
all the cracks determine their, their, their difference and their uniqueness, right? All right, so, so, so here we have this where the Spirit of the Lord is there's liberty. And we say unbelief limits liberty. Uh, uh, Psalm 78, 41, it says they, they, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remember not his power, right? They limited him through, because of their unbelief, right? Well, well, let's go, since we were at 2 Corinthians 3, this is not in my notes, but uh, we're in this area, so let's keep, let's keep reading. We referenced this the other day, the other day but let's go to 2 Corinthians 4, 4. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. It's not, it's an audible, but I think it'll be good for us. It says, it says, in whom the God, little g, that's Satan, of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, right? He's blinded those because they believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them, right? He's blinded the minds. This is an excerpt in the book um, that I've, I've worked on, you know, through unbelief. Once we start, once we don't believe, he can blind our mind and he can put us back in bondage to limits, right? See, this unbelief is dangerous because it creates complacency. Excuse me. Must be air. But uh, the unbelief creates complacency. Complacency always has an excuse to stay limited. Complacency always has an excuse to stay limited. You know what complacency looks like? Uh, the, the frogs in a boil. You remember he says you put a frog in a boil, he gets so complacent, so comfortable, you can keep turning up the heat and, and eventually the frog will boil to death. But if the water was boiling already, the frog is not going to go into the, boil, the water because it's boiling water, it's hot. But you can leave them in the water, just keep turning up my small increments. They'll get so comfortable, so complacency, so desensitized, they'll boil to death. Right? You see that? So, so complacency is not our friend. And so, so again, when the scripture talks about breaking out uh, and breaking into some things, this is where God's going to challenge us to start to break out of shell. Sometimes we got to do the uncomfortable thing, right? We got to do the uncomfortable thing. You know, we have to walk in liberty, right? You have to walk in liberty, right? All right, we have to take steps of freedom of living. So, so some of our conversations are going to be liberating conversations. You just got to have the conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you don't have, you, you, see, you can't be bound by, uh, they thinking that, they're going to say this. So I'm going to say, no, just have the conversation. A matter of fact, just be free. Ask the question. That's why I came with like, so you ever thought about stopping smoking? Like I just walk up to somebody. <laughs> I've done that on quite a few occasions. But I, want, I knew God, God wanted me to talk to him. I didn't know what to say. When I got there, I was like, okay, I'll see how this is going to go. Person smoking, they don't know me from Adam. I said, so you ever thought about stop smoking? And the person said, yeah. So then we had a conversation. We was at a youth event. The young man was outside of the youth event in Atlanta smoking a cigarette. I said, I couldn't take it. You know, I'm like, it's a youth event. So I just went up to him. I said, how long have you been smoking? Like, you know, I've been smoking for, I don't know, like four or five years. This is teenagers. And I said, you ever thought about stopping? He's like, yeah. So I said, minister to him. I didn't go up to him, 
Boy, what you doing smoking? This is a Christian event. You supposed to be a Christian? You got this much? I didn't do that. Because I wasn't bound by fear. Fear makes you attack folk. I wasn't bound by fear. I was free. See that? You know, even when, uh, in, in the, as we was reading through Genesis and stuff like that, you know, there was different situations that were allegories. You know, uh, Pastor Mel talked about the other day. Like, they was always uh, trying to get out of Egypt. Well, Egypt represents what? Bondage. So it's an allegory for us in our life now to make sure we don't be bound. Look at, look at the sons that kept going back to Egypt. This kid's stopping off of Egypt. They're supposed to be going to, they were, listen, Canaan wasn't a new plan. Abraham's dad was on his way to Canaan. He stopped off at Egypt. Abraham stopped off at Egypt. Isaac stopped off at Egypt. <laughs> right? Like, like, like it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, a new plan. You know what I'm saying? It was like, but people just kept sliding back into bondage. <laughs> right? Y'all ain't hear me, did y'all? Y'all ain't even hear me. See, y'all, quick recognition, got to see that hole so you can get through it, get the touchdown, right? Sliding back into bondage, right? You know, in, in Genesis 19, he told him to escape, escape for your life from the plain of Jordan. Escape for your life. We could say, God is saying, escape for your liberty. Like, break out. It's time to be free. See, and that's, you know, I was, I was studying out uh, Deuteronomy 9 when they, because you know, they, they crossed the Red Sea, but they also crossed the Jordan. The interesting thing is, is I'll study out further, but when they crossed the Red Sea, the waters split and it was like walled on each side. But the Jordan had like a downstream and an upstream. So the streams were stopped. So it was almost like, Jordan, the, the, the Red Sea was this way, and the Jordan was like this. You know, kind of, kind of like stopped them from coming one direction, stopped them from another direction. You guys could walk to where you have to go, and then we'll keep everything going again, right? But, but the thing is, each of those moves was to get them out of bondage, to get them to a place of freedom. And, this, and, and you know, we'll get into it more uh, next week, but this liberty is unlimited power and authority. Right? Unlimited power and authority. Unlimited power and authority. You know, and when you, when you operate liberty, you're free to go beyond the limits. You're free to go beyond the limits. And you move different. You're willing to do things different. One thing about Pastor Mel, um, probably in the dictionary on the liberty is her name, right? But I've always admired there's a level of freedom. You know, we call it boldness, but it really is supernatural liberty. Like, she's not considering all the other things that we would consider. Y'all done figured that out, right? Like, all the time, I, you know, and it's, it's, it's taught me some things because, you know, I'm a cerebral thinker. I'm considering audience, stuff like that. My wife would be like, so, babe, what about this? And that? I was like, you realize, like, we're not the only ones here. <laughs> she just be rolling, you know. But 
But as I've, as I've grown, I, not only do I value it, I have to be very tactful that I don't uh, put limits on liberty. Obviously, we, we have to pay attention to certain things we do, so there's, there's a wisdom behind it. You know, so we'd be at the other church. People say, you okay? You know, because my wife would just be doing something bold on the platform, on stage. But it would be like, you know, the pastor asked for a song. She's just writing it. Hey, okay, now what I want y'all to do, we, she don't know how this thing is going to go. And immediately all, my, all the armor bearers, everybody be looking at me like, there go your wife. I was like, that's my baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, just let her flow. Like, you know, and it works out every time. Like every time, she'd be like, all right, so just, you guys over here, we're going to do this. You guys here, we do it. And he said, now I want y'all to sing this. And be, she just, she needs to be writing songs. She, she was doing it back then. Why you ain't doing it now? Liberty. Right? So, so, you know what I'm saying? So, I, and that's what she would do. Like she would have created a song in a moment. Like right there, thousands of people. She just to create a song in a moment. But that's Liberty. That's like I seen her in situations like, you know, she's, she's a lot more mature in singing. But even when she was immature in singing, we'd go someplace they'd be like, well, uh, 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 can Melanie, could you sing? And I used to be like, uh-oh, we're going to see how this going to go. Because she used to be like worked up going to church, like making sure she remembered. Uh, uh, could, you, could you turn that down? I want to make sure I get the song right. I was like, all right, chill out. And I was like, they asking her on the mo- in the moment, we ain't never been in the moment with extreme pressure, unprepared, that God ain't used that girl. I'm, I'd be sitting there in awe, like, I was like, I didn't know how this was going to go, but. Now, the first time you sang Stan, I remember it like it was yesterday. I said, have you sang that before? <laughs> so I'm asking, I'm asking qualifying questions, right? But powerful, just powerful every time. But I should be able to relate because, see, see, since I don't don't sing, I'm thinking, how's this going to go? Well, I preach the word. I've been in situations, just grab me out of anywhere. But I'm not thinking about me. I'm thinking about, well, if they grab me, then Holy Spirit, you must got something to say. So I'm just going to start talking. I've been in situations, I've literally, one time it was for thousands of people. I found out five minutes before it was time. And literally, I was like, okay, I got my Bible. <laughs> At least I got the Bible. And I just started talking. And the Holy Spirit took, took it from there. So, so liberty, he wants to use us not in just what we can control. We ain't doing stuff because we try to be too safe. Liberty don't live in safe. Liberty lives in faith. Did you get that? Somebody need to send that to me because I don't have that one. <laughs> I have it now when somebody texts it to me. All right? So we got that? Um, I'll give you this. Uh, so the scripture says, be of good courage because I've overcome the wicked one. Right? So, so he's saying, you know what he's saying? You're now free to move about the cabin. <laughs> Right, yeah, you know, when you're on the plane, they go, now you're now free. They tell you, take, take off the bondage, take off the belts. You're now free to move about the cabin. What he's saying is, I've overcome the wicked one. You're now free to move about your life in liberty. All right, that's all for today. We'll, we'll get into some other stuff.
next week. All right? Any thoughts? <laughs>